live from the Parent Nation studios, it's Parent Nation with Tara Kennedy Klein, the Internet's top talk radio show featuring real talk for real parents, shaken and stirred up with a twist from America's family advocate, Tara Kennedy Klein. Yeah, well, I got a news flash for you, folks. The problem with kids is parents. Excuse me, Sheryl Sandberg, but I'm not leaning in anymore. I'm sick of spilling my martini. <laughs> I'm serious. It's time to put the F word back in parenting. Fun parenting. Oh my gosh, why can't we do this? Why can't we have dance parties in our kitchens? I don't understand. And now, here's your host, Tara Kennedy Clive. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Home Business Happy Hour. Hey, Kelly. How are you? Hey, I'm great. Great. This is exciting. I know. This is the second time we're doing this. I know. Isn't it fun? Yeah. So, <laughs> so Parent Nation, if you're listening, this is these shows, the third Tuesday of each month, is we're going to be dedicated to your home business and making it work. You know, like not, you know me, I'm not all into that leaning in and balancing crap that that doesn't work. Hmm. So we're going to be talking about the subtle changes that you can make to make your business and your life more enjoyable from your home. That's what it's all about, right? Yes. It's not about, you know, all that other jazz, whatever, you know, it's, it's just about making, finding happy moments. (laughs) We need to there find more go. happy moments. Right. I think. Yeah. Especially when we're at home by ourselves, just walking around our house, figuring out what we're going to do next. Or not. Yeah. Or, or, or if we've got kids running around. Running around and forgetting what we were supposed to do next. Mm, right. <laughs> just see, yesterday, I made my to-do list. I was, I was going to make my to-do list. And by the time I found the piece <laughs> of paper to make it on, I forgot what, what I was supposed to put on it. Oh, you're so funny. Craziness. Just absolute craziness. So, uh, anywho. Um, but we, no, we have some great guests today. We have yes. um, Kaylin Amadio, who's yep. going to be talking to us about our branding. and websites. Uh, No, websites. Leaving our money on the table with our websites. And we then don't want we're, to do that. We don't want to leave money on the table with our websites. And I'm curious to find out a little bit more about what that means because you always hear about funnels you know everybody's talking about their funnels and their offering and their their email lists and all this stuff so we're gonna find out you know how not to leave money on the table and then uh, in our third segment we're gonna talk to mitch dowell about our branding yes and what our branding really says about us and um And he talks about the same thing that I kind of talk about in parenting. It's not so much the brand, it's the mindset behind the brand. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, it's, it's pretty, so it's, I'm excited. It's going to be a good show. It's, it's going to be pretty good. So speaking of branding, do you, you know, I'm, I'm always watching the news for, for what craziness is going on. And I posted an article or a, a story about Sophie in Ohio with her T-shirt that got blanked out by her uh, by her right. principal, right? right. Is so that the feminism. It's the feminism. She mm-hmm. she had hand painted the word feminism on her black T-shirt to wear to, for school picture day, class picture day, which uh, 
Okay, Sophie, we get it. Could you not have classed it up a little bit? <laughs> uh, you know, it, people are like, she should be allowed to wear feminism on her T-shirt if she wants to. She wasn't breaking any rules. I think they're, they're fundamentally missing the point here. When did it become uncool to dress normal and nice for school pictures? When did this go out of fashion? I don't know. I know I always wanted to wear my best outfit. Exactly. And even if you didn't want to, your parents insisted on it, right? Right, right. So, Sophie, in lieu of, let's say, proper attire, chooses a black T-shirt, which she hand paints the word feminism on, and torn ass jeans. Her knees are completely ripped out of the jeans and she's kneeling in the picture. So people are like, oh, you know, she wasn't breaking any dress code violations. Well, you know, my husband went on and looked up their dress code for their school district. Oh, I'm sure. Oh, yes, he did. And yes, she did break dress code. So if nothing else, if let's not even let's not even bring the word feminism into this, because truly, Sophie, that's not what it's about. What it's about is. You clearly violated dress code and had no concern for what your school's policies are, but now you're going to complain when somebody blanks out a word on your T-shirt. You should have been sent home before those pictures were even taken to change. And I'm tired of us taking it to that place, to our political agendas. Why can't we just get kids to realize... Or, okay, let's take this a step further. Why can't we just get parents to realize that their kids are in school to do a job? Their job is to learn and to prepare for their future. Mm -hmm. You are not going to be allowed to go to your job at McDonald's, Sophie, and make your $15 an hour Mm -hmm. wearing clothing that is out of your uniform. And a dress code is nothing more than a insinuated uniform policy. If you have a dress code in an office building where you're working, you can't say it is my it's my civil right and my freedom of speech to wear whatever I want regardless of your policy. Okay, you're fired. Right. Why can we not fire kids? Well, because they need their education. But basically sending you home, suspending you, whatever it takes, giving you a detention is basically them, the school's equivalent of writing you up with human resources. You right. get three write-ups with human resources, you're fired. <laughs> I don't understand why this is so hard to give kids rules and make them follow them. Why is it so hard to say your politics do not belong in school? If you want to bring your politics into school, then do a current event. You know, mm-hmm. write an article like the like the girl who wrote the article, which was completely inappropriate and and, you know, completely under researched and ridiculous. But the girl who just wrote the article about how the Holocaust was was a hoax. Mm. It. <sighs> She got an A on that paper, which 
I, I find completely offensive unless the only basis for her grading system was grammar and punctuation and spelling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because clearly her research capabilities were, were dismal at best. Um, she was completely inaccurate in the things that she was saying. She made statements that were completely untrue and provable. You know, I could prove that her statements were untrue with one search on Google. Mm-hmm. And the fact that I actually was in Austria and saw some of the things that she was claiming don't exist. But still, you know, this was a girl who brought her belief systems into school in a way that the school allows. I'm not going to say agrees with, but allows. So if you want to bring your politics into school, at least use intellect to do it. Right. At least use academics to do it. Don't disobey policy and rules and then say that that's your right because it's not first of all you're not 18 you're a minor you can't even work yet you don't pay taxes shut up so that you know that's my feeling on that and then and then you have the 18 year old student um kai clofer you read that one from Mm -hmm. columbine who's who's developing a gun that uses fingerprint scanners to identify the user to unlock the gun so that it's you. I mean, so you <laughs> are you seeing where I'm going, Kelly? Um, um. Mm-hmm. So, if, so if you want to bring your personal beliefs into the school system, look at what Kai's doing. Kai got a fifteen or a fifty thousand dollar grant to to use academics and science and technology and his unique brilliance to share his message. He's sharing a message that's actually, you know, that requires something other than breaking a rule and then fighting for your right to break a rule. Now, there are people who are fighting against Kai because they say it's everybody's Second Amendment right, every American's Second Amendment right to own a gun, and we shouldn't be restricted in the use of that gun. That part's not in the Second Amendment, guys. It's not. It's not there. It doesn't say, you know, our freedom to use without fingerprint scanners, bare arms. You know, it, 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 it doesn't say that. So we got him. And then we have the teacher in Denver who put out the, um, the query to her students, things I wish my teacher knew. Now, yeah. there, there would be an opportunity for Sophie to express herself at the request of her teacher. And then she could have gone just as viral. How cool. <laughs> and made a difference. But did you see the did you see that one? The comment, some of the things that those kids wrote? Yeah. Yeah, that so if you parent nation if you're not familiar, a teacher in Denver um asked of her third grade students what you wish you, your teacher knew. And like some of the responses that she got were completely unexpected. She got things like the kids said, I wish my teacher knew that the reason that my homework log isn't signed is because my mom's never home. Um, And I wish my teacher knew that the reason that I don't do my homework is because I don't have pencils at home. Um, One little girl said, I wish my teacher knew that I have no friends to play with. Yeah. And the thing is, the teacher, uh, this one, uh, this I'm not so sure about. Apparently, the teacher read these out loud to the class. Oh. It Hmm. didn't say things I wish everybody in the freaking world knew. (laughs) 
Right. It said things I wish my teacher knew. So, you know, those kids were sharing something. A lot of them shared very personal, private things. Like the one little boy said, I wish my teacher knew that um, I haven't seen my dad in six years because he was deported to Mexico. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and, uh, the, one of the kids said, um, I wish my teacher knew Vietnamese so she could say words that I f- forget how to say in English. So that's kind of wild. Yeah. And so that's kind of interesting. I, you know what I wish people knew? I wish people knew that there's a sign on my front door that says I'm live on the air because I can't answer my front door right now as the man is knocking on my door and my dogs are barking at him. So that's kind of interesting. So, yeah, it's it's clearly the sign, the big pink sign clearly says I'm live on the air right now. Like, right this very moment. So I wish he knew that. But, hey, you know, those are the hazards of being live on the air. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe I have to put a sign up there saying, my baby's sleeping, and if you wake it up, my dog will get you. Yeah, I'm going to open the door and let my dogs attack you in (laughs) 2.6 seconds, right? So, aw, it's crazy. But, yeah, so, I mean, there are... There are schools that are doing really amazing, wonderful things for their students, and that I totally appreciate. Um, but the thing that I, the thing that kind of brings me back to Sophie's situation, is that because of the level of attention that she got, the principal caved, um, and that's what I, that's what I don't understand. So the principal gave in and gave her. Um, what she wanted. The principal apologized for upholding the rules. And that's, you know, that's, that's kind of frustrating to me. So I think a lot of people in the school system fear being sued or, you know, the parents ganging up on them, things like that. Well, that's basically what happened. The public ganged up on them. The public ganged up on the on the principal and the public took, you know, completely sided with the mom who said my daughter should be allowed to wear whatever she wants. No, she shouldn't. And nor should you be ganging up on the principal. Here's the thing. If Sophie had been wearing something that had offended or if someone else had been wearing something that offended Sophie. You know what I mean? Would, mm-hmm. Then would mom be going back and saying, you know, you're not allowed to you're not allowed to wear stuff like that. You know, right. would she be going back and saying, I want you to defend my daughter's right to not have to deal with people's politics in school. It's so we want people to accept us, but we don't want to have to accept other people's beliefs. And exactly. that's where. That's where I have a complete and total issue. You know, I was I, I wrote an article, not an article. I wrote um, a kind of a bloggy thing just this morning about the little boy. Um, it was on ABC Nightly News. The little boy, Jacob, who was born Mia, born a little girl, Mia. Mm-hmm. And um, that Mia's parents started to realize that she was acting like a boy. She wanted to wear boy clothes. She wanted to have her hair cut short. She wanted to um, play with things that were rough and tumble. You know, all of these things that they started noticing when she was around two years old. So they got her hair cut and they let her dress in masculine clothes, boyish clothes. They bought her dirt bikes for Christmas and train sets. So 
by society standards, that also then required them to call me a transgender and change her to a boy who is now Jacob. And here's the thing that I don't understand, Kelly. Why does it have to be that hard? Why does it have to be that divisive? Why does our name have to decide our gender? Why does our haircut have to decide our gender? Why does our clothing have to decide our gender? The toys that we play with, the way we choose to play, the people we choose to keep as friends, the people we fall in love with, the way we live our lives, the things that we do for recreational activities, all of those things tell society what our gender is and that's what defines us as a person. And it pigeonholes us into what we're allowed to do and what we're allowed to like and what we're allowed to wear and who we're allowed to be. Why does it have to be that hard? Society makes it that way. They have to have their own rules on everybody's, where everybody is labeled and put into a a box. Why do we have to have things like feminism to have equality? Maybe that's why I fight the word. Right. Because it's one more gender-specific thing that falls under the guise of making us all equal. Maybe that's gender. Take the gender out of it, and we're all just human beings capable of the best we can be, whether it's a male-dominant trait or a female-dominant trait. Just let us be the best we can be. Exactly. Exactly. I think we should get away, get rid of uh, labels like transgender and bisexual and homosexual and straight and just be. Right. You know, be be humans, be human, love what you love. Mm -hmm. No, I love beer and football and getting dirty and burping. And that doesn't make me less of a woman. Right. But those are considered guy traits. Yeah, well. (laughs) Then call me Bobby. (laughs) I'm going to call you Tar. (laughs) Call me Tar. You did earlier in my article. May as well keep it going. (laughs) My male name is Tar. Uh, So we're going to go to our first break. And then when we come back, we're going to be talking. You know, this was actually a very good topic for Mitch, who's in our third segment. But when we come back from this break, we're going to be talking to Kaylin Amadio about um, whether or not our website is leaving money on the table, which none of us want. So hold on. We'll be right back. It takes a village to pay the bills in this freaking studio, which is why Tara's taking a cocktail break and we're taking care of business with a word from these sponsors. Homeschooling? Have questions? Get your pen and paper ready. It's the sociable homeschooler, Vivian McNinney. Fridays at 5, 4 central on toginet.com. After a handsome blue-eyed Texan fell in love with Vivian at the Victoria Station in London, she found herself at DFW Airport with a tiny suitcase and a snazzy little duffel bag. Well, 25 years later, she is now happily married to that blue-eyed cowboy. They have four grown children, ages 24 to 18, who became willing guinea pigs when she unwittingly stumbled upon the world of homeschooling. Wildflower Academy flourished for 15 years. They survived and thrived, and you can too. Vivian will be covering a wide range of issues that face homeschoolers. What do you do with kids in the summer? How to set up your one-room schoolhouse? How obedience is paramount? And what to do with those snakes? Plus, you'll be sharing ideas and insights that she gleaned from other homeschoolers. So join us for an engaging hour with a sociable homeschooler, Vivian McNinney. Friday afternoons at 5, 4 central on toginet.com. 
Good afternoon, everybody. Are you ready to win some awesome prizes? Well, fantastic, because we're ready to give them to you. Just call 903-787-5880 now, and the ninth caller will be our winner. That's the ninth caller at 903-787-5880 to win today's prize. And today's prizes will be two passes to the Earth and Space Science Center and Dome Theater at Tyler Junior College, complete with two collectible solar eclipse viewers. But wait, that's not all. Call now and also get a $10 off coupon for a fabulous haircut at the Red Petal Salon over on the corner of Vine and Houston Street. Call now, 903-787-5880. Good luck and see you next time. Welcome back to Parent Nation with Tara Kennedy Klein, the Internet's top talk radio show featuring real talk for real parents. Clean my house? <laughs> it's time to clean their house. You know what it means if my house is clean? I have big closets and a broken computer. Shaken and stirred up with a twist from America's family advocate, Tara Kennedy Klein. And now, back to the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Home Business Happy Hour. I am so excited to have my first guest here. Um, her name is Kaylin Amadio, and she is a uh, – she's – Kind of, she's a business expert. She works um, mostly with baby boomers to help them build profitable businesses. But she's the creator and host of Act Local, which is marketing for small businesses. It's a podcast that she does, um, and she also has a digital marketing consulting and training firm in New York. But her big thing is she teaches people how to navigate this craziness that you know. If you like me, are trying to run a small business out of your home right now. You, it's overwhelming the things that everybody tells you you must be doing if you want to have a successful business. You have to have an iP- uh, a podcast, and you have to have video, and you have to have a website, and you have to do social media, and you have to do all of this other stuff. You have to have apps and everything else, and it's insane. And if you are technologically like dyslexic like I am, uh, truly, it's, it's overwhelming, and it can actually kill your business. If you try to learn all of these things while trying to run a successful business, which is what you're truly good at. So she, uh, Kaylin, comes in and, and helps people navigate these turbulent waters. So hello, Kaylin. How are you? Hi, Tara. How are you? I am crazy right now. <laughs> um, yeah, I've got these strange men walking around. My, where my studio is is surrounded by windows and I've got these people in my yard trying to find water mains uh, in my yard. And so this is these are the hazards of <laughs> trying to run a business out of your home, which I'm absolutely. sure. Yeah, I'm I, sure. I was listening. To. I was listening to your previous segment and I heard the dogs barking <laughs> and I was and I was sitting here in my office. I, too, have a home office and I had my fingers crossed that my my I have two kids in college. One's graduating next month. The other one's still at home going to community college, and he tends to stay up late and get up late, which, you know, you can make your schedule that way when you're in college. (laughs) But I have a dog that barks, and if he gets up and starts walking around while I'm on the air, we're going to hear my dog barking, too. So my fingers are crossed that he doesn't do that in this next 20 minutes. (laughs) It's the dog show. Yay! (laughs) It's so fun. We just bring everything with us, and, and that's what makes it... That's what makes it fun, and I think that's what makes it... Um, our passion 
You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not just about doing what we love, but it's about doing what we love, where we love, with the people we love. Well, a lot of times people ask, what does, you know, give me the one word, you know, that, that describes what entrepreneurship, let's say, means to you. Because let's face it, a lot of stay-at-home uh, moms or moms who decide to run businesses out of their home, they are entrepreneurs, right? It mm-hmm. takes that entrepreneurial spirit to make that happen. And what's that one word that defines it? And for me, that word is freedom. Mm-hmm. Because as a mom, I need the freedom just for my sanity, first of all, but I need it so that I can make my time do what I need it to do in order to be a mom, you know, yeah. and be, you know, one half of my relationship with my husband. So, yeah, I need that freedom to decide yeah. that my time is my own and so that I can be the boss of me and it has its own struggles built into it, but I think it's all worth it. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. It's, it's the best thing that I do. And I get so many, I get a lot of haters. Mm, Really? And oh my gosh. Yeah. But I've realized that that's simply envy. Yeah. It has to, it has to be. What's, what's to hate on? I can't understand. Yeah. That I get to do this. Oh, well, come on. It's not that you get, (laughs) are you kidding me? You're pulling my leg right now, right? You get to do this. You made this happen. Yeah. That, that's, it's a lot of hard work to make your dreams happen. You know, hopes are just, you know, they're excuses for not living your dream. Oh, I hope that'll happen one day. Mm-hmm. Well, there, you know, there's my out for not having to do the work to actually make <laughs> it happen. And, you know. Because right. my husband always says hope is not a strategy. No, it's not. <laughs> not at all. Not at all. I hope everyone has a great day, but I don't control the weather all over the world. So take it it for what it's worth. I can't make you like it. So tell us, because I have to tell you, one of the things, if I had to put my finger on the one thing that I loathe about my home business is the expectations of knowing how to do all of this stuff that I don't want to know how to do. (laughs) You know, I was listening to you list the litany of stuff that people are expected. You know, I'm putting quotes. I'm doing my air quotes with my fingers. Expected to do. And I thought, oh, my God, had I known that before I got started, I wouldn't do any of this either. She's insane. What, are we telling people they need to do all this? But, Mm -hmm. you know, the digital world is... uh, it is what it is, and you need your, your footprint within that digital world so that people can find you. I mean, technology is a blessing and a curse, let's say, because it, it makes things easy for people to do on their own. But by the same token, now people expect you to have a website, for example. In fact, I was, I was talking to David Newman, who wrote a wonderful book called Do It Marketing, and he had found some study that he sent me just recently that said something like, and I might have the percentage wrong, but <clears throat> I'm in the ballpark. 43%-ish of small businesses still don't have websites. What? And that's, yeah, that's a staggering statistic to me. And I've got to believe that part of it is because so many small businesses start up every year and they just haven't gotten to the point where they have a website yet. But still, that's people, that's way too many of you that do not have websites. Uh, uh, you know, come on. 
Yeah, we're beyond but, hanging out a shingle and putting an yes. ad in the yellow pages. I mean, really, who even reads that stuff anymore? Yeah, no, well, only the over 72 demographic. If they're your ideal client, <laughs> then you need to be in the yellow pages. But True. if they're not, then don't spend your money there. You, you really need to be online because that's, you know, I, I like the Google personally. I have a love-hate relationship with them, but that they're my search engine of choice. And... Like most people, when you want to know something, they are the giant, infinite card catalog of the world's knowledge. And that's where you go and look for stuff. Yeah. So if people can't find you at the Google, then you don't exist, in essence, because that's where they're starting their search. True. And, you know, my husband's one time we, I talk about my husband a lot, don't I? Gosh, he must be really cool. Um, <laughs> and important, he must be an important part of your life. No, he is really important. He likes to tell me that all the time. How oh, I'm he sure. Is. I'm sure. He, he, we were doing something. We were looking up something. I forget what it was. And we couldn't find the business that we wanted to find online. And he said, you know what? I can't take them seriously. Exactly. If, they're, if they don't have a website, then they're not a serious business. So I, I don't even want to use them. And that's, that's the subconscious thing that happens. It raises a red flag for people. If they're looking for you and they can't find you or what they find seems really old and out of date, they're making uh, decisions. They're judging. Because we all do that. Let's, let's face it. That's the way our brain works. You know, the whole first impression thing is a very lasting impression. And you don't want your first impression to be that they couldn't find you because you didn't bother to have a website. Now, for those other, uh, I don't like doing math in public, would it be 57% of small businesses that do have websites? There are definitely things that they can do uh, to those websites and with those websites that'll make sure that they're not getting left behind and that they're pulling in the right clients. You talk about three key elements that you need to have on your website or you're and leaving I money on the table. Absolutely. I hate to narrow it down to three also, by the That's way. That's all right. Three it's will take hard. 10 I have, minutes. <laughs> I have five written down, but we, you know, we'll, we'll hit the very most important one. And it's because it's today, April 21st. Today, Google changes their search algorithm. So Ooh. in case anyone's getting uh, concerned by the word algorithm, it's just sort of the program that's built into the search engine, the computer that runs the search for Google that determines when you type in a word, parenting, into that big white screen, it comes back with results. There's an algorithm that drives that. And the algorithm changes today. And it's wow. very important that everyone understand how it changes so that they don't get left behind again. Here's what's happening. This release is called the mobile-friendly release. Google has discovered that almost 50% of all searches that occur at their website occur through a mobile device. So people are using their smartphone or their tablet to go online and search. Makes sense, right? We're very mobile. We're running around. We're using these mobile devices. We're not always stuck at a desk in order to get to the Internet anymore. Now, a mobile device is different technology than a desktop computer. So the way they connect to the internet and the way they interpret what they find once they're there are two different technologies. So your website, while it might look lovely and perfect on a desktop, might come across a mobile device all messed up, 
might have little tiny text. People can't click links. They can't read it. It might be all discombobulated. It could literally be a mess. So what Google has decided is because so many of their searches come from mobile devices, they want the Internet to be mobile friendly. So there is a link you can go to, and if you actually search this term, Google Mobile Friendly, the first link that will come up is a tool that Google gives you. And you can put your website address in that tool, and it will go out and look at it, and it'll come back and tell you whether or not your website's mobile friendly. It'll give you a, a green or a red. And if you end up with red, you don't pass the test, it'll give you some suggestions of what went wrong. But here's why it's important to be mobile friendly, besides everything I've just told you, is as of today, with the change in the algorithm, if your website is not mobile friendly, according to the Google, then if someone searches for something that your website would normally come up in a result for, but your site's not mobile friendly, they won't include you in their search results. Because oh. they don't want to send people to your website when it's difficult for your website to, be, to use. That's huge. Just, wow. That's, big news, Parent Nation. It's bigger than big. It's huge. You're right. And you so. heard it here first, Parent Nation. <laughs> <laughs> it's so important to make sure that your website, if you're part of that 57% small businesses that have it, you got to make sure you're mobile friendly. So just search Google mobile friendly and a free tool will come up. Follow that link. Put your website address in there and it'll tell you whether or not you, it's a pass fail test. If you fail then there, you're going to have to take some steps. If, if, you're, uh, if your website's built on WordPress, which is a platform, that would be one of my tips, that if you have a website, that it should be a WordPress website. I really like it as a platform. It's a very good sort of infrastructure, architecture, to build a website on. Plus, you can blog on it later when you're ready to blog. WordPress has lots of options, and what you're looking for, it, this is your buzzword, your keyword for when you're talking to developers or you're trying to figure this out on your own, your website needs to be responsive. Responsive. Okay. Ooh, that means that that same website that you look at on a desktop computer, when I go look at it on my smartphone, it adjusts itself automatically. It knows that, it, that I'm on my, my Apple iPhone and that I'm looking at it. And it says, oh, she's on a mobile device. I'm going to rearrange myself to make myself friendly for her. Mm. So it's going to respond based on the device that you're using to link, you know, to view the website with. So that's the word you're looking for, a responsive website. Whether you have someone developing it for you, whether you have a, you know, a contract with a, a company that's doing your site for you or you're doing this on your own. The so key now, is to be responsive. So now I go to the Google Yep, and I and I download the tool and I and I plug yeah, in my you website. You don't even have to download it. Yeah, you just go to that page and and type in your website. So it's like it's like GoDaddy. It's like trying to find a domain name at GoDaddy. Exactly. You just type exactly. okay, and it's a and rather it, long name, so it's easier to just look it up by saying Google Mobile Friendly, and it'll bring you. It, you'll find that link. Awesome. And then so I find out that my website is not mobile friendly. Is mm -hmm. that an easy fix, or is that something that we have to take it to a totally different platform or server? So it depends on your website. Sometimes the fix is very simple. Um, I, had, I had one client that didn't pass, and I was able to put in a plug-in, make a couple of tweaks, and suddenly he's, he's responsive and mobile-friendly, and we have no problem. Other websites, depending on how old, the older they are, probably the more difficult a problem this is going to be to solve. 
mm-hmm. because that means they're sort of behind in their technology, then it's going to be a bigger deal. But a newer website, it should be a, there should be some pretty simple tweaks that someone can do to become mobile responsive. Hmm. That's awesome. So here's the thing that I love. Uh, I mean, I love that you gave us that tip because that's just gigantically huge. And I'm sure that most people are going to love that. The other thing is people that are listening to this, if you're in the 43% and you need to set up a website as, as technologically dyslexic as I am, I set up my own WordPress website. I was able to create a website in WordPress that was functional. It wasn't the most glamorous thing on the planet, but at least it got me out there. It gave me a domain name. It gave me a play, an address, um, an address that people could go to online and find me so that I wasn't, you know, the 57% that's still in the yellow pages that are right. completely unfined. So, and that's, think- and that's really important. A lot of people start out going to uh, places like Wix or Squarespace and sort of block builders. And that's a great way to start. But I like what you said. It's important to own your own real estate. And that's what the internet is. It's virtual infinite real estate. So I'd rather people own their domain name and put their own website up on their domain name so that they own all those files and don't have a problem later when they want to make changes. I love that. I can't believe that we have to go already. But <laughs> and, but I want people to un, to I want everybody to know that they can reach you at Act Local, which is yes. a podcast that you have. Yep, it's and at actlocalmarketing.com. Actlocalmarketing.com. That's so awesome. And then maybe we can get some more questions answered on the Parent Nation Facebook page and and keep the conversation going. So Absolutely. when we come back from our break, we're going to be talking to Mitch Dowell about your branding. Just so stay tuned. Parent Nation, Tara Kennedy Klein needs a pee break. And then we'll be right back with more Parenting with a Twist. Congratulations on being the proud owner of an adorable, soft, cuddly, sweet-smelling, smiling, cooing, hungry, tired, gassy, screaming little bundle of joy. So now what? Where's the owner's manual for this thing? Where are my instructions? Right here. It's baby and toddler instructions with Blythe Lipman on toginet.com. Infant care specialist Blythe Lippman has worked with babies for over 20 years and works extensively with new parents providing workshops, in-home visits, tips, and daily phone calls to ease those frazzled nerves. With baby and toddler instructions, you can get the advice you need on how to survive and enjoy your baby's first year. For more information on Blythe and how she can help you, go to babyinstructions.com. From 32 ways to stop a baby from crying to 14 ways to get a baby to eat and so much more, it's Baby and Toddler Instructions with Blythe Lipman on toginet.com. Martha Sanchez, the host of the Mobby to Mogul radio show, empowering women to build a successful business, invites you to join her on Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. At the ripe age of five, she was already interpreting information in documents and instructions on forms for her immigrant parents. Now, through her experience and those of her guests, she provides you with valuable steps to empower you to reach financial independence. Martha A. Sanchez is a registered nurse with a bachelor in nursing and master's of business 
Administration. She's a business coach, speaker, author, and CEO of Moss International, LLC. Her diverse work experience brings you expertise in areas essential to customer service, social media, and budgeting. The Mommy to Mogul Radio Show furthers her personal mission of empowering women to help them build successful businesses so they can reach financial independence. Join Martha Sanchez, the host of the Mommy to Mogul Radio Show, Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Welcome back to Parent Nation with Tara Kennedy Klein, the Internet's top talk radio show featuring real talk for real parents. Clean my house? <laughs> it's time to clean their house. You know what it means if my house is clean? I have big closets and a broken computer. Shaken and stirred up with a twist from America's family advocate, Tara Kennedy Klein. And now, back to the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Home Business Happy Hour. I am really excited to have our next guest on. His name is Mitch Dowell, and he's the founder and creative director of Branding Experiences, which is a marketing and branding design company. And he's he is very much in alignment with what I believe about all things parenting is it's a, it's not just a brand. It's not just something you put out there. It's a mindset. It's who you are and it's how you, it, it's how you get yourself out into the world. So I'm super excited to have him on. Hey Mitch, how are you? Hey Tara, how's it going? It's going really well. Good. Happy. Happy hour in the nation it is. It is. It's always happy hour in my nation, but, you know, what the heck, (laughs) especially when I have, like, craziness happening in my house. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I need Baileys for my coffee. This is insane. So (laughs) you're not far from me. You're you're in the Baltimore area, Baltimore, D.C. area. I am. Yeah, so you're experiencing just crazy weather like I am. It's It's nuts. So, yeah, crazy weather was last night. Now I'm looking out the window and wishing I was out there, but uh, you know, right? I mean, that's how it goes here in the Mid Atlantic. <laughs> <laughs> My dogs are too, apparently. We, yeah, we were we had a tornado watch. Yeah, it yeah. was it, it was scary, Kelly. You, it was it was like the Wizard of Oz. That's crazy. Yeah, and I didn't sleep. I didn't sleep because I was scared all night long. With the wind and the rain, and I thought a tornado was coming. I watched too many of those movies. So anyway, that has nothing to do with why we're talking to Mitch. <laughs> squirrel. But, squirrel. See, and but see, Mitch, that is my brand, though. Sure. Squir- you have, I'm, very, you have, I'm very squirrel. You have brand personality. <laughs> so for... For those people who are listening for the business component that they've started up, you know, a business in their home and, you know, maybe they make macrame wine glass carriers that you can wear around your neck or, you know, I I don't know, like whatever they've created, whatever their business is in their home, is branding really that important for them? Yes, for two reasons. Um, First of all, it's pretty amazing just how many types of businesses you could run out of your home, especially with the internet these days. But not every target audience is going to be as receptive to doing business with a home business. Um, for example, a lot of consumer-related product offerings or reselling 
products out of the home or, or say lawn and garden services are very uh, home business friendly and, and the, the marketplace is very friendly towards them. But if you're selling into corporate America or you have B2B related sales, um, you, you might get some pushback or some resistance from the market. So you're going to have to come across from a branding perspective like you know your stuff and like you're legit and and to dispel any fears out there that your target audience may have just for the mere fact that you're a home-based business. Second thing to realize is that you're going to be competing against businesses who aren't home-based, who have more of a bottomless budget than you do and have more human resources and capital to, to leverage. And you're, you're going to have to put your game face on <laughs> as a home-based business uh, in order to compete against those, those other competitors and, and competitive alternatives. So it's, it's good to feel the heat. It's, it's good to feel the pressure from those two concerns because they can be really motivating as, as a business owner overall. So basically, are you saying that as a home-based business owner, I have to almost create a perception that I know and that I know more than I do or that I'm capable of more than what they think I am simply because I run my business out of my home? Think of yourself as a consumer and what concerns you may have working with uh, a company or a business for the first time. You don't want to see any red flags. You don't want to see any yellow flags. You want to know that who you're doing business with knows their stuff, is legit, can deliver on what they advertise. And when, when consumers deal with businesses who have a retail front or may have a, you know, a, a corporate office in a corporate park, uh, they know that they've been around the block, but there's some kind of misconception out there, some kind of uh, weird mojo that uh, folks who run businesses out of their home just are a little second tier. And I disagree with that. And I think one of the re one of the ways that you can get a leg up and an advantage is to brand yourself uh, you know, accordingly and, and competitively. And uh, a home-based business is no excuse to to do lazy marketing. <laughs> Wow. So I, I'm totally relating to you on a bunch of levels here. First of all, in addition to this amazing empire that I've built with Parent Nation, you know, um, I also run this little toy distributorship <laughs> out of my home. Yeah. Um, we, we do about one and a half million a year in, in, in toy sales. So it's, um, it, you know, some people might call it little, but I run it out of my home. And I, when I go to large events and I'm talking to large manufacturers, there is no way on this planet I can let them know that I run that business out of my home. Right. They have right. to think that I have this amazing, you know, industrial park, office, warehouse facility, which I do have an amazing warehouse facility that I have an office in, but I don't run my business out of that office. And so it's kind of funny because they say, well, where is your store? And I say, I don't have a store. And they're like, oh, you're e-commerce. Well, no, I have a warehouse. Well, where are your offices? Mm. <laughs> so, you know, you do. It, it is true. People will look at you in a different light unless you unless you start with your your business practices up front, unless you start with who you are and what you can do up front where you do it shouldn't even come into the equation. Absolutely, especially in the Internet age. We can do so much without leaving our, our computer screens. It's amazing. Um, 
and especially post recession, you've got a lot of really talented, um, you know, experienced folks who have gone into a home business ownership and who can compete and who are legit. And you know, a lot of those, a lot of those fears and, and hesitations that corporate America has against working with home-based businesses is, is really starting to change. And it's, it's a very welcome thing. <laughs> yeah. Cause you can, I mean, my goodness on the internet, I could make myself look like whatever I want. And is that what you're talking about? That's certainly one of the things, um, you know, you mentioned about, um, you know, meeting your audience face to face at trade shows or perhaps at business expos or, or industry events. But what happens if a prospect wants to have a meeting with you? Do you have a conference room that's not your kitchen table? <laughs> you know, <Nope. laughs> what, what, you know, what is the you know, what, how are you going to maneuver through that scenario? Um, you know, I've heard earlier on this call and, and I had a call with Kaylin the other day. We we all have dogs barking in the background. You know, if you're on a conference call with a lot of you know suits and big wigs, you know, how are you going to explain that, you know? Mm -hmm. So there, there are some things that you just can't avoid that, that are dead giveaways. And, um, you know, if you start with your branding and, and you look like you know your stuff, and you should know your stuff anyways, but if you look like you know your stuff on the surface and you have great case studies and, and um, raving brand advocates, then, you know, you can definitely compete uh, with the non-home <laughs> corporate park businesses. Sure. And I, I mean, honestly, I started this business when my boys were very young. So mm -hmm. there were many times when I was on the phone with people, like you said, you know, very big corporate manufacturers. And, you know, I've got a four year old tugging at my dress, you know, wanting his juice box. Right. Th those kind of things happened. And in those moments, because of the because of the relationship and the respect that I had built up with them prior I was able to say to them, you know, I have my kids with me today. Problem. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm not leaning in. <laughs> and that's becoming more accepted because we're we're in this we, we go from device to device to laptop to desktop to, you know, you know, we're taking our work everywhere we go. It's not you, you know, you hear that that hokey phrase, you know, work-life balance, it, it's more of an integration these days, and we never really clock out. Um, but we do have to take time out to take care of the kids, you know, you know, take the dog to the vet, you know, do laundry in the background while still keeping our businesses up and going. And, uh, you know, that doesn't need to be seen on the surface. You know, that, that's a behind-the-scenes thing that, that we, our home-based businesses, are masters of. Yes, we truly are. So you talk about... Um visual branding and that sort of thing, like creating the illusion. <laughs> mm -hmm. How, what is, what is the best way that you would recommend for home-based business owners who might be listening going, you know, right now I have pictures of me playing with my kids on my website. You know, what's wrong with that? I want people to know that this is what I do and I'm proud of it. <laughs> right, right. Well, you first have to take a hard look at your target audience and who you're trying to sell into and find out what their concerns are about doing business with, you know, any home-based business or, or non-home-based business. But, you know, understand that people make purchase decisions based on how that product and that service and that company is going to make them feel about making that, that decision. Um, for example, take bottled water. Say you go into a 7-Eleven or a Wawa or a convenience store and you go to the bottled water section. All the bottles are clear. It's water. It's, you know, 
there's not a lot of variation there as far as product or, or you know different types of water. I guess one one is vitamin fortified or whatever. Mm-hmm. One one's, comes from a spring in France. One's in Vermont. You know, but a lot of consumers see the same thing and a lot of different choices. And the way you're going to stand out is you're going to you're going to connect with a certain demographic within your target audience. If you uh, are coming from the gym and you, you're going for the bottle of water, you're probably going to go for the sporty-looking shaped bottle uh, mm-hmm. with the, uh, the sporty colors and fonts. You know? Or if you're you know, stepping out of your Mercedes, you might go for the Perrier with the, uh, <laughs> the, the, more, uh, the more kind of physical design that, that makes more of a connection to you. So mm-hmm. as a home-based business, it, the philosophy is still the same. You have to be appealing to the demographics within your audience that you want to connect with. That's so true. And one of the best pieces of advice I got was to go to go to other people that you follow Mm -hmm. and that are that are kind of like in your same market. And see how they are hitting you. Like, what images are they using? Is is logo a big deal? I know if I want to deal with um, Asian manufacturers, logo is everything. If you don't have a logo, they're not even taking your business card. That's a true story. Right. And logos are the centerpiece of your, your business. Uh, take Coca-Cola, for example, that little cursive Coca-Cola font that they created that in the late 1800s. And here we are, 2015, and it's it's still in use. Uh, you take the Apple logo. It's an apple with, you know, a, I guess that you call a bite taken out of it. It's not razzle dazzle, but it's it's a less is more simple approach that that connects with the target audience. Um, one of the mistakes that a lot of home businesses make with logos is they try to get too clever, too mm-hmm. complex. And it turns out looking a little too uh, over the head, over, over the top. And, uh, you know, branding doesn't have to be rocket science, especially with the graphics. It just has to be smart. It has to involve colors that appeal to a target market, uh, shapes that are friendly. Uh, uh, it can make your your company much more approachable. But if you just stick with a font, the Times New Roman font slapped on a business card, um, you know, what kind of impression does that make? It's, it's not, uh, you're not doing yourself any favors. <laughs> right, <laughs> exactly. It's, I remember the day when Vistaprint first came out. Mm-hmm. And if you would hand out your business card, the first thing people would do is flip it over and see if you actually paid for your business cards to be printed or <laughs> right. if you just paid for the shipping, right? So. Yeah. A little made by Vista Print, yeah. Yep, yeah. yeah. And now, but now look at how huge they are. Now they do everything. And right. so it's not the same ball game anymore. Yeah. And there are a lot of do-it-yourself uh, services out there that can really – be the trump card for uh, for home-based businesses. You know, Vista Print is is just one example. Oh, definitely. There's so many things you can get shirts and everything else made now. A day, it's it's ridiculous. So, be, in a nutshell, I mean, we only have like three minutes left. So, in a nutshell, what do you think, as far as branding goes, would be the one message that you would want everybody to hear about their what their branding says for them or what they should be doing? Identify the emotional benefit of your product or your service offering. 
again, people make purchase decisions based on how that purchase is going to make them feel, not just the product, but who they're dealing with and the company that they're dealing with. You know, get into the start to study the psychology behind visual branding and marketing, because it's a very psychological thing. It's not just uh, it's not black and white. We don't just make our purchasing decisions on on rational or logical reasons. (laughs) You know, we get sucked in in so many other different ways. And and a lot of it's unconscious and subliminal. Exactly. And, you know, I I think that one of my favorite things that my husband has taught me, because we're talking about, you know, it's the Chris show. Um, (laughs) One of my favorite things that he taught me after a seminar that he went to was find out what your client's pain point is and then tell them how you're going to solve it. Absolutely. Because, you know, pain is one motivator in a purchasing decision. Fear is as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, look at all the industries that popped up after 9-11. You know, people were buying, you know, camping gear and you know, gas masks and all these, you know, industries just totally uh, boomed uh, based off of one emotion. Right. Uh, so fear is one of them. Pain is another. Security. Um, Absolutely. That, that's, that's the whole emotional thing that I'm referring to. So whatever you're dealing with right now, whatever your audience or your client base is dealing with right now, tap into that and tell them how you're going to fix it. And, uh, and that's where your, your brand will emerge. I love all of that. Oh my gosh, this show has gone by so quickly. I love this kind of information. I'm kind of a junkie, so, <laughs> but thank you so much for talking with us, Mitch. And what is the name of your business? Brandingexperiences.com. Yes, it's pretty easy to remember. We're also on Twitter and Instagram at Branding EXP. Awesome. Thank you so much, Mitch and Kaylin, for joining us today. Everybody else, join the conversation on Facebook and Twitter. And until next week, keep playing. Shut them up. Connect with Tara online at TaraKennedyKline.com. Until next time, remember this. Parent Nation, why do we keep calling this the hardest job on the planet? Why don't we just appreciate the gift that we're given and try calling?